Welcome to Are You Afraid of the Stacks? My name is Sedina. I'm a children's services librarian at the Barbara Bush Branch in Cypress Creek. Are You Afraid of the Stacks is a segment where we talk about the spookier side of children's literature. And my name is Jennifer. I am the Senior Adult Program Specialist at the High Meadows Branch Library. And today we are discussing the mid-grade novel, The Owls Have Come to Take Us Away by Ronald L. Smith. It was published in 2019 by Clarion Books. And a brief summary... 12-year-old Simon is obsessed with aliens, the ones who take people and do experiments. When he's too worried about them to sleep, he listens to the owls hoot outside. Owls that have the same eyes as aliens, dark and foreboding. (laughs) (laughs) This was an interesting book. I think that a lot of the thriller elements took over the majority of the book. There was a lot more anxiety. There was a lot more suspense. It wasn't until the very end of the book that I got overly anxious and was actually fearful over the abduction and the owls thing really freaked me out. I wonder if it's because I watched The Fourth Kind. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, and the barn owls, the eyeballs and everything kind of got me. But children will not have seen The Fourth Kind when they read this book, so maybe they won't have the same roots for their anxiety as I did. Yeah, the fourth kind, I think, ruined me for owls as well. So that's probably why when you suggested this book, I was like, ooh. So, okay, I wrote down just a couple of general notes because overall, this wasn't one of my favorites of books, but I still found there were some really great talking points, mm-hmm. especially with a child who would potentially be reading this. One of the things that I really wish the author would have explored more was in the book, Simon, our main character, he's also writing a book he hopes to publish one day. So before he writes the book, Simon, he's a military kid, and so he's living on base, and he's talking about when he goes off of base and his observations of people that are just out in the world and he wrote down what would that be like I wondered to have to live out there with them civilians Mm -hmm. and I wish that was explored a little bit more in terms of Simon versus the aliens versus civilians just because we got so much of Simon and the aliens and then Simon and his friends talking about the aliens and I would like to have seen him interact with more civilian life with his theories and his experiences more just because it would have been nice to see it because I couldn't relate too much to what Simon was going through because I'm not in a military family as far as living on base so mm-hmm. I didn't you know I didn't understand it too well but I also appreciated that viewpoint from Simon because like I said I'm not from a military family so I never knew it was like that that you kind of see civilians as sort of outsiders. Yeah I think that there were a lot of interesting setups to lay the foundation for Simon's character not mm-hmm. only as a child with extreme anxiety and maybe some social detachment. There were issues of, like you said, the us versus them with the civilian world and Mm -hmm. the base. He associated the base with safety and he associated the outside world with lawlessness. I don't think that it was labeled as an us versus them mentality, but he very clearly saw the base, this very small insular world as drastically different from the outside. Mm -hmm. And then Simon happens to be biracial. His father is white. He is in the Air Force. His mother is black. And there is a lot of dissociation between himself and his classmates as a biracial child. His father also is very much a, you could label his father as a caricature of what the American Air Force blonde servicemen would be, especially based on outdated modes of masculinity and gender role tropes from the 50s and 60s. I saw a lot of my own grandfather in this man with his no-nonsense rules. He treated his house 
household as if it was also Mm -hmm. a military base. There's this weird disconnect that I saw reflected here where the father is a good military personnel, but not necessarily a good father. Mm -hmm. He loves his children. He does, but he is consistently throughout the book telling Simon that he's disappointed in him. He is consistently showing Simon that he is less than the rest of the family because he does not meet strict military standards. And it's very sad. Simon is very detached from his own family in the same way that his family is detached from the outside world. Mm -hmm. And while his father was a caricature, hopefully not all parents in the military are like that anymore. But it really broke my heart over Simon. But I think it set up perfectly this future that he was going to have in the book Mm -hmm. for his character. Yeah, like you, I noticed the dad's behavior right off the bat. And the dad's behavior was very problematic in a Mm. lot of ways as a caregiver myself who interacts with my child daily. So I could see a lot of ways that the dad could improve when it came to parenting. But I feel like they didn't, how do I put this? Simon didn't help the situation, but what could he have done? He is the child in this situation. But the parents also aided in, I feel, Simon secluding himself from Mm -hmm. the family because I'm sorry, I'm not going to give my child a computer in her room she's she's not going to have everything in her room to seclude herself from me we have to have time together and we have to grow together and there's so much I have to teach her I just kept seeing these little things about Simon just kind of closing himself off in his room writing his novel playing his games and just being on his own and even though he felt the security of the base was he really secure in the base if he had to Mm. put himself in his room I just wanted to reach out and talk to Simon (laughs) I did too. I felt that there was a very smart thing that Ronald L. Smith did, which was Simon clearly felt alienated in all aspects of his life. He felt alienated at school. He felt alienated on the base from society. Mm -hmm. And he felt alienated in his own home. And the fact that his big obsessive fear is alien abduction... was just chef's kiss you know yeah clearly done on purpose yeah clearly done on purpose and i feel like as an adult reading this book there was absolutely no way the way it was written there was no way for me to not read it and be an adult wanting to care for this child Mm -hmm. i don't know if you felt that way but i tried so hard to get down to myself at simon's age and try to relate to him peer to peer and i just i couldn't i just mommy mode kicked in Mm -hmm. wrong from the very beginning and it never left I did empathize with Simon on a different level. Simon has a lot of anxieties. He's very obsessed with history, but also history in the context of conspiracy theories and Mm -hmm. proving them and making connections and things like that. And as someone who grew up as a Trekkie, my mom, as soon as Star Trek Voyager started airing, she had it on the TV. It was the one night I stayed up late and I was watching Star Trek Voyager with my mom all the time. (laughs) I grew up to get degrees in history. So I am definitely one of those people that is constantly trying to correlate maybe not necessarily conspiracy theories but (laughs) definitely trying to make correlations and connections Mm -hmm. to historical larger broader events and very specific instances that make differences I didn't know that about you. I'm sorry. I just I had to look. <laughs> I didn't know that. I learned something about you. Oh yeah, my mom was so excited when Star Trek Voyager was being advertised on the TV, and I think that because we were living in a different state from her parents at the time, and she had watched Star Trek, I guess, with her father, yeah, and her brother, and so I think there was a need in her that needed to share the Star Trek experience, mm-hmm. and so even though I was definitely too young to be watching it, too young to be staying up late, she made it very clear that this was our 
her thing. And then I was going to be staying up late to have this with her. Yeah. And it was immediately an obsession of mine. I mean, <laughs> Janeway was like everything to me as a child. I love it. Oh, <laughs> this is so sweet. <laughs> okay, I guess back to the book. In that respect, because Simon, his mother and him were clearly closer than Simon and his father. Mm-hmm. And it was because Simon and his mother shared a lot of cultural interests. Yeah. She was a bit more culturally aware. She apparently had given up a big part of her artistic dreams when she married this man in the military. Mm-hmm. And that was a little sad to me that she gave everything up for being an army wife. You know, but you do you. But it felt like... Simon was that way to keep that connection open for her. And so in the story later, when she disconnects from him, it was very disappointing to see her do that as a caregiver who had been clearly his only anchor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as his anxiety really gets to him. Well, I was proud that the mom thought therapy would be the way to go because that's always my go-to is to try a bit of therapy and see how it works. But clearly the therapist that Simon had was not helpful in any way. And when Simon went to his parents and he told them, I wrote down, you know, they compared his feelings to an Elvis sighting. Yeah. That was, oh gosh, I love to use humor in uncomfortable situations, but I never would do that with my child. I hated that they did that to him. And I hated that they thought that this therapist was the end all of whatever ailed Simon. And so I was really disappointed with the mom because it seemed like they were a lot closer than him and his father. So why wouldn't the mom be able to pick up on what's bothering him? But why did he also not feel comfortable enough to tell her? Is it because they made jokes like this in the past? Mm-hmm. And it really bothered me that his therapist was not the best either. And that because I feel like even if the book ended up where Simon was making up everything about these alien encounters, as a therapist, you believe it and you make your person believe it so that you can help them dig through and find out what the real issues are and you explore those issues. So it was really problematic. And it just pointed out to me that you just got to keep talking to your kids. <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep talking to them. But you also don't belittle their experiences. So the big catalyst for all of this behavior in the book is that Simon, his mother and his father go on a camping trip, which is in New England. It was in Cape Henlopen State Park, but they went to Cape Henlopen and Simon makes a note of at least we didn't go to Murder Kill River or Slaughter (laughs) Beach. (laughs) Oh, okay. I found that funny because there are places like that in New England. There is Purgatory Chasm, which is where I lived really close by. Um, in Worcester. I used to drive through Purgatory Chasm to get to Brown to do my internship. But yeah, it didn't surprise me, but I had to look it up to see exactly where they were. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like Guns Point and Dead Brook. <laughs> Right. (laughs) There are two things about the camping trip that I really want to talk about. And one of them is that Simon not only is disconnected from his father, but I think that he on some level maybe doesn't respect his father, Mm -hmm. who comes off as very much a military meathead himbo to me. Yeah. But there's a part where they're setting up camp and Simon is watching his father set up camp and it's much closer to glamping than it is camping. (laughs) And there's this little bit that I'll quote here. It says, Even though this was dad's big adventure, 
it wasn't really camping. It was one of those campgrounds where people get an assigned spot to pitch a tent. (laughs) If anything goes wrong or you need to use the bathroom or get a soda, it's just a short walk away. But I couldn't tell dad that. He thought he was roughing it. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's a lot of sass directed to your father. And it's kind of disrespectful, but like, I get it. That's how disconnected he was from Mm -hmm. his family that he had a level of disrespect towards his military father. While they're setting up camp, they send him to go get firewood. And as he's going to get firewood, he notices through the branches in the twilight, there's this whole clearing lit up with bright light. And he kind of is watching it and thinking, that can't be the moon. What could it be? Mm. And then he hears an owl start hooting at him and an owl in the trees swoop down at him and attack him. And he blacks out. He doesn't remember anything. He just remembers being attacked by an owl. And his parents find him. They say he's been gone missing for 15 minutes. He is terrified. He's not having a great experience. He doesn't understand what's happening. He doesn't want to be at the camp anymore. And his father's reaction to him having a terrible experience, missing and losing time, and just this very clearly traumatic, even if it was just an owl attack, a wild animal attack, his father literally tells him he's pitiful. Yeah. I was like, why would you tell your child that? It's so hard to read. I don't know why his dad would, his dad just, his dad needed some therapy too. Because there was just a lack of adjustment from shutting off the military personality of yourself and being a a present father. To the point of the therapist, Simon discovers this weird scoop missing out of his stomach. And he shows it to his parents and his parents can see the scoop mark and he believes it's an implant. And instead of taking him to the hospital to figure out what could physically be wrong with him, because they see a physical indication Mm -hmm. they immediately skip and go to a psychiatric facility and simon says they took me to the doctor that's what happens when you're a kid your parents can do anything they want and you have no rights and he starts associating the psychiatry visits and the forced medication on him as imprisonment and i was like this child is having a terrible go of it yeah, that was such an eye-opening sentence for me. That one really mm. triggered me. I think I had to put the book down because I grew up with, I'm the parent, I'm the grown-up, you do what mm. I say, you really don't have a voice. And I do my best to enable my daughter's voice whenever I can. And I was like, do I take her to the doctor when she doesn't want to go? Like, do I do mm. things that she doesn't want to do? And it really made me just kind of <laughs> do a double take and just like, oh, what do I do that she doesn't want to do? And so now like I ask her like is there anything that like I force you to do that you just don't want to do and I said like we have to go because I said so mm-hmm. and she's like no I was like okay well will you tell me and she's like yeah yeah, yeah. And I'm like okay because I was also that child that was forced to do things you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I didn't like the way it made me feel just thinking about it now with her I was like oh maybe there is a way to fix it but also maybe there's a way to explain it because again I think this book boils down to there's such a lack of effective communication mm-hmm. because I would explain to you my child like why we're doing this and then we can have an open dialogue I mean obviously the psychiatrist is not the right move there for something physical but you know a conversation still needed to be had and an effective one at that and they're clearly not effectively communicating with one another. I agree especially as Simon is clearly not coping with the medication in a healthy way his attitude his personality is being Mm -hmm. altered by the medication and his mother has completely shut down and she has placed herself into a position 
position of denial and she's like no no you're fine it'll be all over it'll be okay clearly the doctor's making progress which is not at all true Mm -hmm. and I felt so disappointed in the mom who went from so supportive and his only ally in his home to as soon as the alien stuff came up she shut down and was not there for him yeah made me wonder because I know that when it comes to aliens you either a skeptic or you fully believe Mm. so she probably is on the more skeptic side and I wonder if because she truly didn't believe in them if she just disregarded what he said because she's like I just need to give him time to work it out and realize the same realization that I have and so she just didn't want to deal with it because after a certain point I don't know she just doesn't want to deal with it she can't help him any more than what she's doing I don't know if that was her thinking behind the way she was treating him but it was just wrong Mm. I think it was a good book in attempting to look at the psychological aspects of a dissociated and alienated family Mm -hmm. or individual who had many intersecting levels of their identity that could theoretically make them feel alienated. Yeah. Simon was very nerdy. He was into fantasy books. He played a lot of fantasy online games. All of these things that his father would have never approved of and probably would have harassed him more for if it weren't for his mother. Mm -hmm. I hate that he was so alienated. It really bothered me. But there was one kind of poignant little passage that I highlighted because I think at one point they're talking about friends in school and he's talking about a girl who he had an interaction with and the girl called him an offensive slur. And I don't remember how they resolved it, but the girl ended up telling Simon after they had become friends that she had heard the word in a movie and that's why she repeated it to him. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's interesting. But then Simon says, and I quote, I think if grownups talked more about this kind of stuff, more than maybe there wouldn't be so much hate in the world. Now, like, I loved how simply put that was because I think, like, I keep saying over and over again, conversation and communication was a big idea I got from this whole book is that we just need to have open conversations with each other. But I really loved that part. And I wrote it down so that one day I could talk to my daughter about it because I just felt like it was a really good resolution to something that could have turned them away from each other. Could have turned them away from each other, but also could have caused long lasting trauma to Simon as well or could have reinforced bad behavior in the girl who was just regurgitating something because I think a lot of children they are regurgitating information they are fed and that they are not thinking about the consequences behind what they say or do. There's no real conversation about why the thing you're doing in the first place is not okay. But I really liked that too. A little bit. Also, Simon handled it so well. I know. I was like, good on him because I just felt so bad for him the whole time. And it seemed like he was really struggling to handle anything that came his way in terms of aliens or his family. So to see how well he handled this was just really nice. Yeah, he was really mature. There's one more thing that I want to talk about, and that is as a big old history nerd, I kept track of all of the historical events and characters, historical personalities that Simon would bring up in correlation specifically to conspiracies or aliens. But it offered an opportunity for a reader who maybe doesn't know about Hiroshima or Nagasaki mm-hmm. or the Blue Book Project or all these things. And to be able to go and research more about these instances, but also the instances around them that led 
led to them and the effects of them, it reminded me that as a young reader myself, and I should have foreseen that I was going to get a history degree eventually, but (laughs) I was the type of reader who, when I would see something I didn't know anything about, and then I would see it come up across multiple media platforms, either in brief references in TV shows or brief references in another book, that by the time I began to learn about that thing in class, I had so much foundational knowledge that I was way more interested in it than I would have been. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you were destined for a history degree. (laughs) I found it nice to see that Simon was clearly the kid who was going to have all of these reference points to build a bigger network later. Mm -hmm. The epilogue I felt was almost unnecessary, but the very ending of the book was very scary. I personally, it gave me chills. I actually had to stop myself from putting down the book because I was like, there's literally a page and a half left just like get through (laughs) it. But a lot of the caregivers in Simon's life and the psychiatrists and stuff told Simon that what he was experiencing were obsessive compulsive thoughts and intrusive thoughts that he he was sick in the head, that he was having night terror, sleep paralysis, all of these other things. And as someone who has themselves experienced night terror, sleep paralysis, things like that throughout my own childhood and life, it was a little jarring. I mean, I never suspected I was abducted by aliens, but it was a little jarring to read Simon's experiences and to have people tell him, oh, it's because your brain is weird and you're fine. Yeah. And it's very dismissive and makes you feel even more alone because the doctors and adults around you are like, well, we don't understand what's happening with you. Yeah. But like try harder and you'll be better. Oh, that dismissive talk. <sighs> so I think that's why the very end of the book scared me so bad was because I was like associating with Simon on a personal yeah. level. <laughs> I mean, I could understand that. I was just like, poor Simon. I wanted to be the person that he could count on. I really did. It was a good book. It had, I think, a lot more in it behind the scenes for the caregiver yeah. to read with their child. I think a child will still really enjoy this book, mm-hmm. especially if they're into aliens. Like an alien kid would love this book. Yeah, I think so too. I felt like the ending was a little bit rushed. I mean, we both agree. But as a caregiver, this was a really good, solid read for me to see like, hey, what am I doing? What can I? improve on let's have some conversations what did you think about this you know and as the mother of a biracial child it's so nice to see that representation too so I just really loved it and your child so one of the things that Simon dislikes is he's even in his family he's considered light-skinned yeah he doesn't like that term Mm -hmm. he associates it with gray aliens that are light-skinned and your child is lighter than you so like I can see how like you probably saw a lot of your child in this oh god I sure you know what I really did maybe that's why the mommy and me just couldn't stop from wanting to hug this kid Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We read this sort of in honor of Sci-Fi Month for January, mm-hmm. and big old Trekkie nerd in me was actually kind of happy <laughs> to read this. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any recommendations for them? I will say that Ronald L. Smith is a good author. I really like yeah. his other book, Hoodoo and the Mesmerists. Yeah. I have read Hoodoo before for another club at another library. I highly recommend his writing. I think that he makes very good internal connections to his mid-grade protagonists. Yeah. There is not a lot of sci-fi horror yeah. out there in mid grade for children but that does not mean that we shouldn't search for it I think that this was a fun interesting read yeah I mean I don't have a book recommendation but I would say if your child is able to and you guys are ready for it I would recommend Stranger Things because Mm. I kept thinking about Simon and his friends and them like okay let's go we're gonna help you and the sci-fi aspects and the conversations because there are a lot of parallels to this book and Stranger Things so if your 
child is ready for it and they're ready for a little bit of scary as far as visuals go, I say give that a try. That's my recommendation. That's a good point, especially if your kiddo's already kind of a sci-fi geek, like Mm -hmm. into Star Wars or Star Trek. This is a great way to kind of get them into the creepier side of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess with that, we'll end today and we'll be back next month. Bye, guys. Bye.